Welcome back to the Go to Hell Podcast. You're listening to episode five of the Go to Hell Podcast, where strong opinions are weekly held about Christianity, the church, and faith. I'm your host, Tim Curley, along with my co-host, Colton Pierce. Colton, one area where strong opinions are not weekly held is alcohol. What are we consuming this fine evening? Well, I think we've got got an IPA here from Drake's uh, Brewing. Um... This is the Best Coast IPA. Best Coast IPA from the Bay Area. Oh, wow. It, it's got a bite to it. We didn't say it. Drake's did, but West Coast, Best Coast, I mean, apparently. It do have a bite. It's a bit hoppy. It is. It's tasty, though. It is. And then round two at some point, if you hear another can open up, is this is an odd choice. <laughs> it's an odd choice, but what's what I bought for the pool a couple weeks ago. Big old box of it. It's the Kirkland Citra Hop Session IPA, go Mr. Kirkland, yeah, I can. and uh, actually enjoy it quite a bit. Uh, nice this is this is a good one for uh, quantity, not quality. Although it's pretty pretty decent uh, session ID IPA. Four point nine percent ABV. Have you gotten the chance to try a cold IPA yet? Cold IPA. Yeah, there's a style of of IPA. It's called a cold IPA, and it's made. It was originally started in. Portland, Oregon, and um, if you ever get a chance to try one, I'd recommend it. They're uh, they're almost like a crispier, lighter uh, um, IPA, but they keep the same ABV as a regular IPA. So like the session kind of cuts it down, but cold IPAs are definitely they are. I I can't explain it other than the fact that it is a optimum day drinking ipa well it is yeah (laughs) although you know like i said sometimes around the pool i want to drink lots of ipas and so the lower alcohol percentage mixed (laughs) with the heat is a is a pretty good balance but i will have to uh the last time i was up in portland was about mm, 10 years ago i don't i don't remember cold well, that's IPAs where being that's there, where it so. started, but lots of people have them now. Ballast Point has a pretty good one. Yeah, see, you were just down in the uh, <laughs> the, the holy b- land, the beer, the beer mecca. Yeah, so I'm sure down there it it's definitely uh, prevalent. So yeah, and then I got a culture shock. I went to the Dodger game on Sunday, and beers were eighteen dollars. Paps Blue Ribbon for eighteen dollars. <laughs> it was a Modelo for eighteen dollars. Oh, oh, wow. <laughs> Did they like, at least give you a handful of limes to <laughs> no, give it up I some flavor? Like, All right, we're drinking water at the baseball game today. <laughs> no Golden Road? And there was Golden Road there, yes. Did they have the... Uh, Mango cart? No, I don't no know. I'm sorry, Golden Road. We're going to throw you under the bus, but you're owned, owned by the great Satan, Anheuser-Busch. So uh, not a big Golden Road fan. However... Back to the topic of Session IPAs. They're Pup Wolf Session IPAs. Pretty tasty. Oh, I haven't had that one. Also... You usually get it at Target around here. Stone was there. You could get Stone IPAs at the ballpark. What were they, $30? (laughs) No, they were still 18 So that was the best bang for your buck. 
So, yeah. Man, no thanks. But you went with the Modelo instead of the Stone. No, I didn't go with a beer. I went with water. Oh, <laughs> you, was, went, you went with $6 for water. I would, yeah, I was like, I'm not getting a beer today. So, <laughs> And uh, I don't remember. Did the Dodgers win? They did win. We completed the sweep against the Giants. It was nice. It was a four-game sweep. Four-game sweep of the Battery Checkers. Uh, that's right. <laughs> All right, what's the topic tonight? Topic tonight, we are continuing on in our series. We've got two more nights of this. Um, we are continuing on with our series of why people are leaving the faith. So we've gone over a couple of topics already. We've talked about violence in the Bible um, in our first session. The next session we tackled was, I need to stop doing this, just recapping, because I can't ever remember what we talked about like two weeks ago. <laughs> uh, we did violence in the Bible. Then we did... Oh, we did science in the Bible. That was the one that we did first. We did science in the Bible. Then we did how do we reconcile the violence that's in the scriptures. Then last week we talked about unloving Christians. And we went to town, man. We, we, we did. did. Not, <laughs> we did not we did. pull punches. And then tonight we are talking about how do we know that Christianity is the right religion. I think uh, this is uh, something that was uh, – Forrest, our pastor, um, talked about this, and this was what he actually presented the sermon on that day. So uh, just a little recap, if if you're just catching up, he just kind of threw these five things out there, and he was like, here's five reasons why people are leaving the faith, but I'm only going to talk about one of them. And this is the one that he chose to talk about was, how do we know that our religion is the correct one or how do we know that christianity is the right religion there's countless ones out there um how do we know um and i think that this is a huge issue for a lot of people that are trying to they want to be a part of something they want to believe in something but they're like what it's not even worth it to try if there's hundreds of other religions out there do you just go to the one that's just right there and convenient for you um do you go for Again, this is where unloving Christians kind of make a play because when people are trying to be a part of something and they see that this environment or these people are not good people, then what makes them want to be a part of that? They're like, well, that religion can't be the right one because right. those guys are a bunch of jackasses. So right. um, so I think that this is a, a pretty important topic um, for those that are um, maybe – and maybe there are people in uh, – I think that it's – Central point tonight is we're looking at those people that are – we don't really know where to go as far as our beliefs. And then for the people that are leaving the faith, it's the people that are having some self-doubts about their religion and maybe they're not – they didn't have as much uh, solid foundation as they could. And they go out there and they start seeing connections made in the world and they're seeing that maybe their world isn't as – solid as it once was because they're finding out that other people believe this and that just sounds more appealing and and other people believe this and how, how are we supposed to know so, right that's what we're tackling tonight so first uh four three four episodes we spend our time dealing with issues where we would say the faith or christians are contributing they're not responsible for or, or solely responsible for but you know, we've got we've got to be able to do some self criticism when when the church is having um, really its first first big crisis in terms of this is the first time 
that I can think of since Christendom started that, you know, we're losing people to another religion. You know, certainly the split between this, the church, that big schism that, that resulted in a Catholic church and a Protestant church was, a, you know, <laughs> horrible in many ways and just the violence of it and everything else. And, and leading to a division in the church that I don't think that uh, God and Jesus are happy about. Um, but this is the first time the church is having to deal with just a non—the threat is now, quote-unquote, non-religious. And I put that in quotes because I, I would disagree with that. What we're doing is we're replacing religion with another kind of religion at the end of the day. But— this is the first time we've seen that. And so this week, and so we've stipulated in the previous weeks, we're focusing on areas where Christians need to, we need to be be, be better. We need to understand um, how we're contributing to this uh, loss of faith. But this week, yeah, it's more of what's going on now is we've entered into a postmodern world. Postmodernism has been going on, I would argue, since the late 1800s. It, it accelerated somewhere after World War II in the in the 60s, really took hold, and somewhere after the 2000s, we fully became a postmodern world in terms of philosophy and thought. And then, and part of that was coupled with the digital age, and that's what always happens when you have massive shifts in technology. People just are able to think a different way, and so I think a lot of what we're talking about tonight is the internet's opened up the world. The internet and postmodernism has opened up a lot of people to not living in a world where you're either just an atheist and you don't really talk about it, or you claim to be a Christian because you go to church all the time. But yeah, I don't, you know, I'm not sure I really believe this thing, but I go to church. My family goes to church. Sunday school is good for the kids. Uh, Church is a good place to do business at, all that kind of stuff. I, we're going to talk about why Christianity's the best, and this is a problem. Why Christianity's the true faith, and why this it's a problem. We're losing people to it, but I think this is one of those areas where it's actually great for Christianity, and that we're not to sound you know we're not cast. I'm not sending people to hell because they don't believe, but we're truly separating the believers from the non-believers, where I think for, for a long time we just assumed people were Christians because they're going to church, but they didn't really believe. Right, and I think that that's something worth saying about is just we need to kind of establish this kind of idea of there is the religion uh, side where you are um, an active participant in a faith, um, and then there are the religious elements where you can be an active participant in a faith and you may not cross all the T's, dot all the I's where, you know, you go to church every single week or whatever. Um, again, those are religious practices, um, but they don't necessarily define your faith. So when we're what we're going to be talking about today is mainly regarding the faith aspect of things we're going to be talking. And, and that's actually what we've mainly focused on the entire time is we've. We focused on this faith, and a lot of times these religious practices or this religion aspect can get in people's way of seeing the beauty in, of who Christ is. Now, again, we're not downplaying um, 
the faith at all. We don't want to, what was the term that we used last week? We didn't want to, uh, you did a little, um, statement before we got started. You just wanted to say that we weren't. Oh, we're not repackaging Christianity. Yeah, we're not repackaging. We're not trying to make it look sexy. Um, I think we're trying to, we are trying to make it more inviting. Um, and as long as that's being done, but as long as it's not being done at the expense of the believers who were there, that's fine. For instance, this is a good way to we're setting up the boundaries of what the discussion is going to be. And I think tonight, but I think it's also a good set of another reminder what the boundaries are, where we're coming from for just the podcast. If you've been with us from the beginning and moving forward. We believe in faith in Jesus Christ. Right. Is the ultimate that that's what defines your faith. Right. We would also for those of you out there who are thinking, well, you know, that's just cheap faith. We also do subscribe to what the Bible says and what someone like C.S. Lewis says, which is that does also entail accepting a set of moral standards that one is never going to, but one is trying to perfectly follow right. in their strive for faith. Right. That said, we are also at a church, and I like being at a church like this that says, you can come to this church. You are welcome at this church. You're even welcome to participate in things at the church like music or with the children. Right. If you are not all in yet on this Jesus character, but you like what you're hearing because we understand, I, I believe, I think you would agree, a lot of us have these moments where we just feel like we were, well, I had one when I was a little kid where I felt like I believed in Jesus Christ and accepted right. who he is. But I don't think I was actually, it took me 20 something years to fully comprehend what I'd, what I'd come to, what I'd come to believe. And so if you're someone who's coming to church who doesn't have that aha moment, we, our church is, Hang with us. Just hang with us. Accept the belief systems we have, and then maybe at some point you're going to find yourself a true believer in this Christ character. So, um, well, and I think, actually, I, I think that that would be a good chance to segue. So, as somebody who's coming in and they're not a Christ believer, you, we'll give you, I'll give you five minutes. How about that? (laughs) <laughs> give you five minutes i'll put a cap on it not that you need a cap you can go over but why should somebody believe in the faith in a faith what what is it about being a part of a religious practice what is it about believing in something apart from yourself what is it why should somebody do that why should anybody do that and you can make it specific to christianity you don't have to I was like, you don't have to be like, well, you know. Well, uh, okay, that's my response. <laughs> my there's two two answers to that. One 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 doesn't separate Christianity from any other kind of belief system, whether it be Judaism or nationalism or whatever, which is. Uh, a belief in something greater than oneself. Right. I mean, that's ultimately why a lot of people join the military is they want to believe in a, they want to join a brotherhood that is bigger than oneself. 
it has now become commonplace in our culture to talk about giving back and all these other things that are outside that are that are secular forms of of this kind of thing but where christianity is different is you're doing it at the you're not only doing it for oneself and for the benefit of the others but you're also doing it for the glory of this god you believe in so right that would be my answer i'm gonna again as quickly as possible this is this is going to be the most difficult topic for me to discuss tonight because I think the glib but at the end of the day real answer is and I'm not saying is this this is a like a calvinist or someone who literally believes in election because I do not but you either you either just have that moment of belief or you don't and and if you don't I don't know what to tell you if you just don't believe this carpenter from 2000 years ago who said all these crazy insane things and did some crazy insane things including get crucified on a cross and rose 3 days three, 3 days later and then walked about the earth for a couple months before going back up into heaven if you just, if you don't believe it you just don't believe it my heart breaks out to you but I'm you know we've made it clear we're still going to be brothers and sisters with you um partially for the hope that at some point you'll see through us that this is a faith to to belong to, but um, the the discussion of what separates this from other religions is a really tough one. Well, and I think I think that you hit on a good point when because if you haven't had that mo that Paul moment for those of you who don't know the Bible, there's this guy who was persecuting Christians right after Jesus's death. I mean, killing them, sending them to jail, doing horrible things to them. And God speaks to him and says, this is where, if you've heard the term in our culture, a road to Damascus moment, that's where this comes from. He's on, he's going from to, on a road to Damascus. God speaks to him, make, causes him to be blind for three days. And after that, Paul becomes right, not arguably, but right up with Peter. Paul becomes the great uh, speaker to the non-Jewish part of, of what of what would become Christianity, the Gentiles, and is a writes most of the or yeah most of the the books that we have in the New Testament after the four Gospels. And so, if you haven't had that moment, maybe not as dramatic, but if you haven't had that moment where you're just filled with I believe this, <laughs> right? Well, and I think I think that when you initially gave your answer i thought that what was really good and what we had talked about actually a couple of times on this podcast is there is a sense for humans in general to be a part of something there's a sense of of you need to be a part of something that's bigger than yourself um most people are a part of it and they just don't even realize like you mentioned the military even people that are atheists like if you get highly involved in your atheism like it becomes a religion um at some point and it's it's being a part of a collective body where you need to go and work on what what the term is, is your spiritual health. Um, and so Christianity does offer that just as much as any other faith offers this opportunity for you to work on your spiritual self. Um, again, one of the things that's a little bit different that's associated with Christianity, and but there are a lot of religions that do this as well, is the focus on charity, right? The, the idea of... Um, of taking care of other people um, other than yourself. 
Um, and that's a message for most people where it's like, um, where I think all people should be a part um, and be kind to one another, loving to one another. It seems almost ridiculous that it has to be a God that has to tell us um, to be kind and loving to one another. But ultimately, at the end of the day, if you really evaluate human nature, you find that we are extremely selfish and, ex and extremely self-righteous. Um, and so, um, yeah. And so I thought that that was really good. I also think that um, that I appreciate the fact that you said like, hey, this is a hard topic. And if you haven't had this like come to Jesus moment, you know, like I don't know what to what to say or or whatever. I do want to say that for everybody there or for everybody out there, it's it is difficult um, because exactly what you said. We are believing in something that is supernatural, mm -hmm. which we've talked about in this podcast a couple weeks ago. We believe in something supernatural to believe that Jesus Christ died on the cross and then was resurrected and somehow that cancels out all of our mistakes. And then we get to party in this celestial place, which we'll talk about that later. <laughs> We've got a heaven and hell uh, podcast lined up. I think it might be after this series. Um, we get to party in this celestial place for eternity and all of this seems far-fetched. Like, I, I don't I don't discredit anybody for saying that that just seems ridiculous. Um, because you are – because why is it ridiculous? Because you are literally having to imagine all of these things happening. You have never seen those things with your eyes. You have never – you have never experienced any of that. So you are having to believe that something supernatural occurred without seeing for yourself. Right. And that's difficult. I think that that's worth worth admitting and worth saying. And then it's like, okay, um, believing in that is hard. And now, in, and I think that some people want that supernatural experience, that Paul experience. They want Jesus to divinely intervene with them in order enough for them to accept the faith. Because again, if you know Paul, Jesus literally comes down, reveals himself to Paul Um uh, after he has already ascended into heaven, there's this like the white light. Paul goes blind. Um, he's not able to see. He goes to Damascus, right? He still goes to Damascus. Mm -hmm. He meets up with a teacher there, it's, uh, a prophet, and that guy's able to instruct him and, and get him on the path. And then eventually Paul's able to regain his sight. And he goes on and becomes one of the most influential people that has ever lived on this planet. Um, so, uh, just crazy um and i think people want that they want that divine intervention they're like please show me something um and so that's also very difficult so we we do want to make sure that we say that like hey we we understand um we understand that it's hard to believe in this and we also understand that it is hard when you don't see supernatural events occurring you know so I just I said a few minutes ago I don't believe in election, and I I know what I, I you know what I mean by that. I know what you mean by that. You can you can explain it a little bit if you want to. Well, uh, there's a, there's a notion that some people are called and some people aren't. I don't, I don't believe in that. I I do believe in the universalism of the calling, so to speak. I mean, you call it election. I call it elitist, but it's fine with me too. I mean, election election selection. But if you're 
a pure Calvinist, right? Uh, I, no, I don't believe that. Um, <laughs> I will say, if you if you are someone who's had, I think you know, uh, there's the there's the well known quote or saying of there's no there's no atheists in foxholes meaning you know yet your worst moment even the even the non-believer cries out and maybe well this is a this is a argument for god not necessarily for christianity but i think there's somewhere something innate in human pretty much 99.9 percent of the human beings out there including maybe a hundred percent i mean you know uh sam harris probably won't admit it but he's had a moment where he's cried out to some divine being about you know greater than him um if you've had one of those moments where it's been answered <laughs> right like somebody i know who was a drug addict and said i don't ever want to do this again and like that never did drugs didn't have to go to rehab that's a pretty profound way of saying yeah i'm going to follow i'm going to follow you but we don't all have those moments. Right, we all don't. And that leads to maybe next week's topic of an quote-unquote unloving God because that makes us feel like, why am, why am I not on the receiving end of that? There's uh, answers for that question, but not all of us have those like aha moments where we just like reach down to the bottom um, or we've reached our bottom and we feel like it's this su superior being that's, comforting us giving us the strength and the power to get out of it um you know which is kind of where what jesus talks about in the in the new testament when in the gospels when he, he tells somebody it's really hard basically for a rich man to believe in him because rich people have everything they need they don't have wants and needs and they have enough money to uh, stay out of trials and tribulations most of the time unless they're trials and tribulations that they directly cause or create because they don't treat people very well, um, which is that's the answer to Christianity is do unto others. Even if you're filthy rich, do unto others, treat others. You treat the poor person as you you would want to be treated if you're the poor person. So, um, yeah, I got I started on election. I don't know how I got there, but oh, yeah, I if you haven't had one of those moments, I, I, I don't know. I don't know why, but. Well, and that's fair to say. I mean, we we as a community and even you and I, we've talked about in this podcast is like we are – we got questions too. You know, we're, we're here as, as we're seen as, I don't know, responsible enough leaders in the church, you know? <laughs> uh, and, and these are questions that we have. You know, how are these going to get answered? We we don't know. You know, I don't know what to say to somebody where it's like they've sit there, they've counted on on him over and over and over again. Um, and I mean, like I do, I do have an answer to say to that and that kind of stuff. But it's it's never what people want to hear. It's never what people want to be a part of. Again, this may be one of those things where it's like, we're not here necessarily to make the faith look sexy. We're here to tell you the truth about what we know and, and how that goes. Um, and I think that when, 
you are sitting there and you are crying out and you are calling for God um, and you are having these these moments um, and you are not one of those selected few that get to um, experience miracles or this supernatural thing I it's I understand that's it's very hard um, and it almost makes when people say that they have experienced it almost that much more unbelievable right like I've done the exact same thing I've been at rock bottom I've done the same thing and I've cried out and nothing um, and and for those of you that have done that I am I am so sorry and that and that's really tough um, so this is getting all, a little off topic, but this is a free flowing conversation. It is. Have you ever, have you personally ever thought, had a moment where you thought God, like maybe not, it wasn't like a voice in your head, but like you felt like you were being told to do something and it was something different than your conscience or your, your id. <laughs> My id. But that's also what's important to do is that. I that's important to say. I don't think that I've ever had a direct divine encounter. Like I've never had something where it's like this is my aha moment. Now I say that because and and here's something to be say said about me is that I've never grown up in a very charismatic um like life. Like my when it comes to um, most things that I go through as a believer, it, it comes down to logic. So anytime that I have thoughts or whatever, I'm like, is this what God's telling me to do? And then really, like, I just go back to logic and I read the scriptures and I just say, you know, like, God really wants me to really focus on these three things. It really doesn't actually matter what I do. Um, like, I could go be a missionary in Kenya, but I could also be a missionary here on the campus that I teach at. Right. So it's just, um, I've never had that direct message to like go as far as I've ever known. Um, but again, I don't necessarily, I can attribute that also to not leaning into that. Um, as somebody who was never raised charismatic, when I say charismatic, for those of you guys that don't know, that means like there are, I do not get extremely emotionally invested in my faith. Um, and I don't want that to be offensive to anybody who like, it's just, I don't have a lot of emotion expressed. No, yeah, yeah, this, I don't feel through emotion. This is myself. not a, certainly not a podcast. If you're charismatic, then by all means, you're, you're scratching a side of your faith that those of us who don't, I don't see it as a, I don't, I've been in situations where people speak in tongues again. If you're if you're not uh, someone who's grown up in the church or just you've grown up in no charismatic circles, you don't know what that means. Speaking in tongues is when people start speaking in other la- another language that is non discernible. Non discernible. Although there's supposed to be one person who can interpret it. But anyway, I've been in those situations. It's freaky as hell. Um, I don't even know if it was genuine. But that's not to say that it wasn't genuine. I don't subscribe to the John MacArthur's of the world that charismatic it, that the speaking in tongues ended at the uh, uh, Pentecost. Pentecost. I don't. I don't see that anywhere in the scripture. I've list, read and. Where do we stand on snakes again? I don't remember. <laughs> um, <laughs> but you and I are both. You and I were both. We're much more cerebral. We are Enlightenment Christians for sure. We are. We right. We. Uh, 
we're not. But even then, it doesn't have to be. I understand what you're saying, but has there even been a moment like you need to do this? I have never had that. No. Okay. Have you? Have you? You? I've have had that. it once. Okay, and, good. And I since I, since I only had it once, you know. Uh, yeah, I had it. I had it one time. And if you're someone out there who uh, who believes that God's telling you what parking space to go to and all that kind of stuff, God bless you. I don't think that's what's going on. But <laughs> you be you. Um, I'm gonna make fun of you, but it doesn't mean you're not uh, a, a fellow believer. But I don't. But yeah, I had I had one moment. Um, the previous church we were at, my wife and I were good friends with another couple. Uh, that, oh, that's right. I've heard yeah. that couple. Uh, the husband specifically started telling things about another couple in the church that just didn't bear, did need to be repeated. Um, things that left all kinds of vivid images in one's head. And uh, <laughs> you know what I'm talking about. And uh, it traumatized my wife and I. We were really like, I didn't need to know that. It was just straight up like mean girls gossiping. And... We just decided we weren't going to hang out with him anymore. And but my wife kept telling me, you know, you need to confront him and tell him he shouldn't have said that. And I was just kind of, you know, what, I'm just going to let it go. I just don't want to hang out with him anymore. That's I'm just going to leave it at that. I'm not looking for a confrontation. And it was it was more than six months. I wouldn't say more than a year, but it was certainly more than six six months later. It was on a Saturday night. Uh was getting ready for bed. I think my wife was already in bed. I went into the bathroom and I just, I, it, I don't remember if the, if it had been on my mind again or what, but I just remember going to the, going to the bathroom and like, I, I'm, I kid you not, like I lost all of the strength in my legs and went down to my knees and God told me, you need to confront him tomorrow when you see him. And this was somebody, because of his work, not because he's not devout at going to church, although I don't, you know, that's not a big deal to me either. But right. he was not a regular attender because he, he, of the job he was in. Well, lo and behold, there he was. I hadn't seen him in six or eight weeks. And there he was. And so I did what I felt I'd been told to do that night. And... He, I think, I, I don't remember if he, rem, if he, if he said he remembered doing it, but he accepted that it was, it was bad and I accepted his apology and it didn't, you know, I think this is one of those moments where it's good. It's also off topic, but it wasn't like we became friends again and started hanging out. We did not hang out with that couple again after that, but it was at least, and I and I might have even said I you know I think there still needs to be some brown boundaries here, but you know I just basically said you can't go around telling people stuff like that. There's no good that can come from it, right? And what you did not not only damaged our friendship, but it's whether or not what you said is going on with that couple that you're telling me about. I don't need to know that because right. now it is permanently damaged a couple that. I, on the surface, know at church and through interaction with, like, youth group, I don't need to know those things. Right. 
again, whether or not they're engaged in that, it's not, that's not, that's not good for them. Right. And so, you know, he, he accepted the criticism. And so that's the only moment I've had. No, I think that's, I think that's awesome. You know, and, and some people have experienced that. I can't say that at this time I have, but I mean, you said you've only had it once and what you had that when you were 40. Yeah, probably 42. Now, you know, the thing that we believers don't know is how much of that, again, it in our head is, even though it's not a voice, but when we're trying to figure out what do I do when someone does this, what do I do when this person, you know, we're, we're trying to do these mass calculations in our brain. It's how to respond to, do I turn the other cheek? Do what, what do I say to this person? Do I confront them? Do I not do I? For all we know, that is the spirit talking to us. It's just not like a, uh, very less dramatic, uh, road to Damascus moment. So, well, what I would also say to that is we can also uh, go on the flip side where we've known somebody um, who has gone off the deep end where they believe that they oh, are being yes. divinely intervened with on a regular basis. They believe that they themselves are a prophet, but then it, it's hard, you know, and I think we talked about it last week where, you know, you have the prophet Isaiah who dressed naked in the streets for two years or like a year um you know and he so he looked like the crazy person right and if you think that we have an issue with nudity in the united states you have no idea how much the the israelites had an issue with nudity um like and i was like if you i was yeah um because it was a huge issue and he would he he dressed naked and he said like Things are bad. Things are coming. You will be just as naked as I am. Like the the people that are coming to take this away from you, if you do not repent from your sins, will literally make you just as naked as me. They will take everything from you. It will be far worse than this. The shame that you will feel will be far worse than this. That kind of stuff. And so, like, it, it's always kind of hard when you have those people that um, that are the new claimed prophets um, and that kind of stuff, or they are self proclaimed prophets um in this situation this person believed that they were being divinely intervened with um on a regular basis as i said and um always something that's important to check is always go back to scripture yeah and we which know he said didn't scripture didn't apply to him right anymore. and we and listen we've talked about it a couple times on this podcast where we've said you know um, you know the the scripture is not is not foolproof. Yeah, we don't believe we don't believe in. We don't think the it's airtight. Perfect inerrancy uh, of, the, know, of the Bible. Uh, but that being said, it is still the key to looking at who God is yeah. and the message that God is trying to present. This is this is how we view God's character. This is how we view who he is. And so we have to rely on something. And so we ask you to be critical when you are reading the scriptures and understand that there are sinful men that wrote these scriptures down. These are people. And when I say sinful, again, don't be thinking of evil men necessarily, but just people that have missed the mark. These are people that are not necessarily a perfectly aligned with god's will no matter how much we try these people have just missed it okay um and so these people have written down the scripture and and they have 
the world that they've influencing them and all that kind of stuff. And, and so it creates um, this kind of stuff. And so we ask you to be critical of that, but we don't ask you to just throw it out the window. Right. Um, and that's kind of what was happening with this, uh, with this guy that we knew that just kind of, uh, yeah, again, like you said, uh, he didn't adhere to the scriptures anymore. It was um, God's word was coming from him or to him um, and that kind of stuff. And so it's very, very difficult. I don't, I don't know if this is relevant to tonight's topic, but this is a good, we could talk about it. It's a, a good, free this flowing. Is, this conversation. is a good, uh, I, you'd probably agree with the summation of the Bible. My view of the Bible is it, it is, it is divinely inspired. It's God breathed. I don't think it, I, I don't, I don't listen. I don't interpret it, interpret that to mean what the the majority of oh, certainly what evangelicals interpret it to mean right now. But I look at the Bible as that. But it's also mainly we don't look at the Bible enough in modern Christianity as a book of people struggling to understand who God is, and that is both the Old and the New Testament, but certainly old, the Old Testament. And I think where a lot of confusion in the Old Testament is it's, it's, it's channeling people trying to struggle who God is. I think that what's always hard about scriptures, and, and I'm definitely willing to go on this tangent, is always that God breathes scripture um, or divinely inspired and that kind of stuff. I think a lot of times people associate that what that means is that God, you know, I, I think I said when we were talking about it uh, for the violence in the Bible, we talked about that little like angel on the shoulder mm-hmm. or whatever. But like legitimately, like some people believe that God almost possessed yeah, yeah. a human being. The people are just John. It John is, in the New Testament is just transcribing revelation. Yeah, you are a puppet. Which, oh, well, that one's a, that's a bad example. You are a puppet, be, but, and God has right. written down everything for you. But I don't think that that's how that works. And we're going to be talking about that. Um, I think divinely inspired means is people trying to understand God. That's that's Job. That's Habakkuk. That's other that's other books where people are trying to describe. When we start talking, and I think we'll talk about this a little bit more when we get into the free will um, conversation podcast. I'm just giving snippets tonight, <laughs> little commercials for what's coming up. You know. Um. So, I yeah, I think that the scripture is like you said we don't necessarily hold that it's this it's oh i know we're going with that too many christians look at the bible as like a tony robbins self-help book and if you look in the bible somewhere in there there's an answer to your freaking problem that's going on that is not what the bible is no not at all what might have been a prescription to a problem in first century Rome or to uh, a thousand years earlier in Babylon or whenever, but in Babylon or in Israel or in Egypt might not be the prescription is not the prescription to your problem. The story is, Hey, there are other people who have dealt with problems in, in, in the problem that I'm currently facing in my life right now. I have a profoundly less important problem than the problem of the Israelites and Moses. And yet God, according to the scripture, delivered them out. It's not a help into solving my problem, but it is. A, it does uh, 
give me comfort that other people have struggled and leaned on God in order to help them. Well, and so you thought that this was going to be a tangent. We were going to take some time away from our topic. But here's the thing is that we were just talking about this, where it is that idea of people have not had a divine inspired moment. They haven't had this this run in, this road to Damascus moment. But that's, again, not what the scripture is. That's not what it's about. It's not for you to sit there and be like, I can call on God and God can come save me from any situation that I find myself in um, or whatever. That's not what it's about. You should know that God loves you. You should find that in the scriptures. But you should also know that you are going to face hardships no matter what. We're still humans. We don't get – and that we'll be talking about this next week – is we – we live in a broken world and so you're going to find yourself in lots of hard places all the time and and god has given you the free will to be able to go through this to be able to make your own decisions to be able to decide what you want with your life and he doesn't always intervene and so but the scriptures are not supposed to point you to your you're supposed to sit there and look at it and be like I can just tap into this anytime that I want right? because I'm now a believer and now he's supposed to come save me from this. That's not it. That's not how this works. That's not what the Bible is for. That's not you. That's not the, if that's the message that you're receiving from the Bible, I'm sorry. That's a cheap faith. It's not you. You want an answer to life's problems, not to, serve right the the idea is even when you're in these these hellish situations to still keep the faith to still be kind to your neighbor to still show mercy to still show love towards other people um those are what are important um and so that's where i think it's extremely uh hard for a lot of people um that are a part of the faith that really view um the bible and we've talked about it i think a, a couple times where this is uh, this kind of roadmap to heaven, you you view it as this is what will save me. This is what gets me out of this hellhole, um, and so it causes problems for them moving on. All right, I'm going to bring up a taboo topic. And I told the story about how I believe down to my bones that God told me how to do something. But I struggle with something. I think a lot of people struggle with it, but we don't talk about it because it's taboo. Is it the parking space? No, it's not the it's not the parking space. And but I think this gets really to the heart of the topic for the week: is how do you know which what's the right what's the right faith? And this is a a recent struggle that I have. And I don't think it's because my faith's gotten soft. In fact, I think it's the opposite. It's, just, it's kind of what we're talk, what we were just talking about of, of trying to tackle icky things in the Bible that we don't like or try, you know trying to become more mature Christians. Sure. I struck the Bible if you if if the Bible and Christianity is a Western faith. There are certainly believers all around the world. But the Bible itself is a is a history book of a very specific 
relatively small sliver of the of the earth and only until recently was even christianity the gospel of christianity something that the world knew right it was something that greatly influenced only that part of the world right like the western the western world it's like so the the what we used to call orient which is now somehow racist um but whatever what the Eastern world, the Asian world, the Orient, whatever you want to call it, is not really part of that story. No. there's, yeah. And that bothers me. And I don't have an answer. And if you're at home and you're somehow you're five episodes into this podcast and you, so, and you don't believe in God and you're hanging with us, thank you. Thank you very much. Uh, and you're probably saying, yeah, exactly. That... This isn't some universal faith that saves the world, but it claims it does. I struggle with that. I don't have an answer to that. I have a friend who's a former pastor. He still does a lot of preaching, and he actually flirted with universalism a couple years ago because it bothered him so much. I've never been quite there, but I was very honest with him. I had a discussion with him and another pastor down in when we were in Kenya for a a, a trip related to a charity we're in and he, he basically said he was you know pretty much close to being a universalist which i think he thought was going to shock both of us it certainly shocked the other pastor but to me i was i said yeah i struggle with that i'm not there with you but i struggle with it because right. that there's no easy answer and the only thing i can fall back on is i have an unwavering faith in Jesus Christ and and his message and what he did for not only me but everybody else but you know that I think we all have our list of questions we fancy we're going to be able to ask God when we go to heaven that'd be one of them so Tim's backing me into a corner because Tim <laughs> I'm knows. not backing you into a corner you can Tim say knows. I don't want to touch that with a 10-foot pole Tim because I don't have any answer Tim knows uh that I am not the guy that he's talking about, also, just so we're clear. But he knows that I've flirted with uh, universalism. I think we should. If it, Look, if you're a new Christian, turn this off right now like or fast forward for like five minutes. Don't talk. Do not. I don't. This is really this is really for. Uh, this is for long term people. If you have if you've got a if you've got a nice. This is the heart of the this. It, it, this is is this not the heart of the of what we're talking about right now, of what the what we're supposed to be talking about. This well, week. Uh, so here, okay, so like, <laughs> the hard part about talking about universalism is because there is a, um, and, and why we say for those of you that are, that are, young believers, we we would say possibly skip this for now because, it is. It's it's something that came after years and years of observing the faith um, to be able to get to the point where this could be a possibility. And and you're gonna have to argue semantics. You're gonna have to argue. You know what does this mean? Um, that kind of stuff. This is like you're gonna have to go deep into this stuff in order enough to find. Um, and not necessarily find it. You, you would read it all the time and you say it out loud. 
but you don't necessarily dive into this. Um, it, it actually kind of came to a head in, um, and this is where people are starting to argue um, the universe, the universalist um, um, thing. And the reason why, again, I, I say that I'm being backed into a corner is because I flirted with it, but um, it's not. <laughs> for those of you that are uh, that are judging me right now, uh, I feel like I'm going to be just completely. Everybody's going to be like the, the emails that we're going to get are man. I like that. You don't. Have I to, like this Tim guy. You don't but, have to answer the question. But I, Colton says dumb if, stuff. If, if, look, if you at home no, no, have no. never struggled with this, God bless you. You're. What uh, part of me says. Uh, the nice part of me says you're better off for it. The snarky bad part of me says, you know, you're not being, you're not testing your faith. I, but <laughs> that, I don't know what to say. None, none of that makes me sound good, feel good either. I Look, it's. And so here's, here's the rub is we're talking about how do we know which religion is correct? And we have to, at some point, address the elephant in the room, which is universalism. For those of you that are unfamiliar with the term, it means that anybody goes to heaven is the idea. Um, everybody wants or or everyone is saved, um, whatever that means for you. Um, again, we're going to be talking about heaven and hell um, in a podcast here coming up, and, and you'll kind of hear some different opinions on that. Um, but for the time being, we look at universalism and it is Jesus Christ died on the cross for everybody's sins. And there are no, there is nothing that you can do to earn that salvation. It is already freely given to you. Now, this is again, where it becomes a game of semantics is because some people believe that you have to believe in Jesus Christ, you have to say that I know that he resurrected from the grave. Um, he died on the cross. He resurrected from the grave. And he, and just that belief, and then he, you know, he conquered sin um, and was able to, you know, that, that whole message. If you believe in that, then you are what is, what is defined by, as saved. You are, you are saved. Universalism says that's not the case. Jesus Christ died on the cross for your sins, for everyone's sins. And it's not just for those that believe in him. It's for everyone. And some people say, well, you know, it's it, it kind of becomes a catch-22 where it's like, so yeah, he technically died for everyone, but you have to believe. But this is where it gets into the book of Galatians where Paul is just laying in to Peter um, in the book of Galatians. He is laying into Peter. This is after they've had their famous encounter in Jerusalem. They uh, both meet up, and Peter is, if you don't know the story between Paul and Peter, again, Paul is this guy that we talked about on the road to Damascus, and he goes, and he becomes this huge advocate for the Gentiles. Um, Gentiles meaning those that are not a part of the Jewish faith. So, uh, after after being after having a terrible attempt at trying to convert the Jews, right? Jews and, didn't want to hear from him, and also the Jewish Christians didn't want to hear from him. 
And also something that's extremely important to note is that uh, is that Paul continues to claim that he is a Jew through and through. Um, he loves the Gentiles. He wants to be with them. Um, he that's his target audience, if you will. Um, but he still claims that he is a Jew and he follows the customs of the Jews. Peter, on the other hand, was known for only speaking to the Jews. He was not speaking to the Gentiles. Um, a lot of his ministry involved um, those that were already um, Jewish. What happened was Peter started excluding the Gentiles from the mission. They said, well, you're not circumcised. Um, and that was the mark of the covenant between God and Abraham was uh, for the Jewish people to be circumcised. And so they said, well, the Gentiles aren't circumcised, and so they aren't a part of this new covenant. And Paul says, no, that's not it at all. Jesus Christ, death, there is nothing with this and anything else. You do not. And he even talks about the law, the law. And the law, again, is the Old Testament or what would have been for them uh, the first five books of the Bible. That That is the law, right? That is is not exclusive to this covenant that God or Jesus has made. Um, and so you do not have to be an active participant. You do not have to have any of this. There is no, there is no death and resurrection of Jesus Christ. And is like in quotes around. And there's no, this and doing this, there's no, this and this. There's no catch-22 when it comes to Jesus' death and resurrection. And so through that book of Galatians, those that are universalists have found that Jesus Christ's death and resurrection is for all people no matter what. I agree. I don't think that Jesus Christ... I don't think that there is like some little prayer that you pray... When you're nine years old, that it automatically mean, makes Jesus' death and resurrection on the cross mean something that much more. Right. But I do think, and this is where it's different, is that, and I, where I say that I've flirted with universalism, is that though I agree, the hard part is, is that there is nothing at stake. If you sit there and you say that universalism is true, that's okay, but there's no risk involved with universalism. Everybody's saved. So there's nothing, there's no reason other than you just want to follow Jesus Christ as a reason to follow Jesus Christ. And there's people that, and if I'm wrong, if universalism is wrong, and again, when we talk about saved, usually people are talking about heaven and hell, and there are people that are burning in hell because I chose, I said universalism is true, and so therefore all people are saved. And so there are people that are, because of my negligence, that are not, um, and because I chose to just sit on my hands and not do anything, um, there's just no skin in the game. And so that's why it's not worth the risk to be yeah. a universalist. And that's the only, that's what I would say. So I still say that, you know, for those that are new believers, I always say like, you know, like this is something that you need to believe in. This is something that you need to be a part of. Um, it doesn't mean that I necessarily, uh, 
and I mean, this isn't something that lives like in my brain a lot, but whenever the discussion comes up, I do bring it up to those that are stronger in the faith. I just say, Hey, have you ever considered this? So that's what I would say for the universalism topic. So I think that there is still a need to believe. And so that's why we're having this discussion today where it's like, you know, which is the right one. Why does it matter that we believe in the right one? Because there's skin in the game. There's something at the end of this. We say that and we're going to get to the heaven and hell topic. And um, I'm just going to throw that all out the window. So we had an old timer. My wife and I, for about 10 years, led the college young adult group at our previous church and we had an old timer in there who'd been in the, for whatever reason, part of the college group for decades preceding us. And this was the question he would always, he would always bring up the question of the savage who, you know, no one's ever showed up and talked, told us, he or she about the gospel and does that mean they're going to go to hell and that you know that's the i guess in some ways cheap example of of the problem that one's dealing with when we're talking about universalism but also the versus the you know jesus's quote about the narrow it's it's uh smaller than a it's harder for a camel to go through the eye of the needle uh to than to follow me. And so there's always been the, the great debate amongst Christians of, is this, is, an, is this a narrow, uh, few, uh, a, 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 a merry band of men and women, or is it, you know, or is this a wide group larger uh, of believers than what, than what we think? So I don't know. Well, and I think that's good to say because I think that, I mean, I think that, that scripture is is a good one to look at where it's like, you know, there are, as a believer, there are certain responsibilities that you are still needing to partake of. If this is something that you are wanting to believe in, you have an obligation. You have something that you need to be doing or moving towards, right? As you talked about with your quote at the beginning where you talked about this is what we've got to do. Um, and so we do have a responsibility as believers to, to step up to that occasion. So I think that that's really important. We're still, I think still kind of dancing around the issue. And I don't remember frankly, what our pastor said on this topic of what separates us between the, with the other faiths. Um, well, I guess the way I phrase that right there is, is what Christians would, how we would say it's different. This is a faith. It's not Christianity. If it's practiced correctly, isn't a religion. It's, it's, it's a faith. It doesn't mean we don't have rules that we abide by because those rules are a manifestation of the faith that we, that we have, but this isn't ultimately shouldn't be practiced like like a religion like other religions are i think that what we need to have buy-in as and for anybody that's a believer is that for anybody that that is looking for a religion you need to look at it from all aspects and see you know what what am i signing on for and i think a lot of times for 
for new believers, they sit there and they say there's a lot of rules to follow with Christianity. There's a lot of things that are hard. Um, and yeah, the reason why it's hard, and this is the reason why it's important to be a part of the faith, is that you are being asked as a part of Christianity to go against human nature. That id, so to speak, you are completely going against that. Um, it is a part of our ego, our alter ego, um, to just do what satisfies us. And in accordance with the scriptures, you are, you're not allowed to. Um, you take care of somebody else before you take care of yourself. Right. And that's how it always has to be. And so you have to sit there and evaluate that message and that thing. Even if you don't believe in that supernatural thing that we talked about. Yeah. If this is the message that you would – if that is something that you are like, hey, that makes sense. And that's something that I want to be a part of. And I want to be just like that where I go against my human nature and I want to take care of people no matter the cost. And give up my selfishness and that kind of stuff. And that's something that you can be a part of in Christianity. And yes, that is extremely hard. And you're going to mess up. That's going to happen a lot. Like a lot, a lot. (laughs) Right. So the the Protestant answer to the question is we're different because we are not in all of the religions. You are judged not by people, your fellow humans, but by God himself, the, the grand deity of, of the universe. You are judged by what you do. Right. By how well you follow whatever tenets have been laid out in that religion. Right. And loosely speaking, again, because Christianity is also a Western religion, we share a lot of the same tenets that certainly that is in Judaism, some of the basic, basic, basic pared down, and then even some of the basic pared down um, tenets of Islam because they're all basically, they're both, they're all Abrahamic faiths. I'm not going to give, if you don't know what that means, look it up. Um, They all come from the same dude. Um, uh, Or the followers, the followers of the three religions all come. We're all cousins. Um, But what the difference is, we follow rules because we're doing it as a sign of love and devotion to the person that we believe died on the cross for us rather than well, I've got to do this in order to earn my way into heaven or earn my faith. So that would be the big difference. Right. And I think, again... And that, and that for those of you who maybe are Protestant or Catholic or not a believer and you don't understand what the whole rift between the Catholics and Protestants is, that's what it is. Catholics believe in it. Catholics believe much more than... Sorry if you hear squeaking. That's my dog running amok. Catholics believe at a at a higher believe in works and the value of works at a, at a level that would make you and I, let's say, as Protestants, uncomfortable. And some Protestants say is actually unbiblical or not even true faith. I'm not prepared to say that, but I think works. Doing good things is is overvalued in earning one's faith. Where you and I would just say, "No, it's a manifestation." So if 
you're a, you might be a Christian and you're still acting pretty bad. It might mean you're a really good Christian, but you're just a really lousy one and you're not really fully, fully living out your faith. Right. No, I think that we don't believe we have to do things in order to earn repentance and forgiveness. It's already been given. And Catholicism believes much more in it's still got to be earned and dished out and all that. Although you, some of you Nazarenes out there, you guys talk like Catholics. <laughs> I'm sorry. I've known a couple of you. You talk about how you're a you have to you have to ask for forgiveness for everything. Like if you don't, you're going to go to hell. That's not how it works either. Yeah, I think that and and we all do too many things during a during the day, even the best of us, to ask for forgiveness for. So you're okay. You're covered. Well, and I think that uh, there's a lot of other religions out there. And I mean, like, if we want to chuck some under the bus at this point, since we're going after Catholics and Nazarites, or Nazarenes, not Nazarites. Sorry. Hey, I love you all, guys. Uh, oh, I love you all. all. And feel free to send hateful uh, daggers curly. to me about all the <laughs> dumb things that you uh, non-denominationalists believe in with your coffee shops and you know holy grounds coffee shops and rock bands and hebrews bro hebrews. come on uh yeah the um i think that you know you've got a lot of those where it's hey i i do nazarenes catholics there are lots of religions out there, or not religions, there are a lot of sections or doctrines out there that say that there is a, you have to believe in Jesus and, that, or you have to, or this is, Jesus died on the cross for your sins and this is what you have to do as well. Such as you have to believe in him, uh, you have to get baptized through immersion, like that's a, that's a huge one, we're looking at you, Church of Christ. Um, like you have to be bathed or in Baptist. water, yeah, or ba or some Baptist. I've had my battle. I've had my battles at Baptist church over this. So right, um, and then like if they didn't agree to it, so like a, a child baptism, like what does that mean? Um, that kind of stuff. Uh, and in and, and there's a lot of stuff. Or like even that. just baptism. Period. If you haven't been baptized, it doesn't doesn't matter. It doesn't count, right? Exactly. It doesn't count, right? Which is not that's not biblical. Yeah, and so that's it's one of the. There's a list of things all Christians should do. If you don't do one of those things, it doesn't mean you're not a Christian. It just means you are damaging your. You're potentially damaging your faith with Jesus, and you're not fully manifest manifesting your faith as it should be. So if you decide I'm going to become a Christian, you've never been baptized. It doesn't mean you're going to hell. It does mean you didn't take a public make use baptism as a public moment to other fellow believers to say i believe in this i believe jesus has died for my sins and and so therefore you've robbed yourself of of this important moment right and i think that that goes back to our original conversation way back at uh, on our first podcast where we talked about this is what the faith is we believe in jesus christ there's dogmas that exist um and a lot of people think that their doctrines become dogmas. That's not it. A lot a lot of what people think are dogmas are actually doctrines. So those are what allow you to be a part of that church and that that's what that is. Again, we're not making the the faith sexy here. <laughs> no. We're getting it back to basics. 
we're not trying to make this that much easier or attainable to people. That's not what we're here to do. We're here to talk about this is the message of Jesus Christ. And and there are hard elements, but those aren't them. Those hoop jumping to be a part of the saved community or whatever is not that's not what makes you a right. believer. That's not what makes you a part of the Christian faith. Right. Um and so and so and and with that almost Christianity just does become a little bit more obtainable for some people because it's through this issue it, as soon as you release some of those barriers that are imposed by some of these churches doctrines you it's almost freeing almost Absolutely. like you know you don't have to go to mass on Saturdays and and do your Hail Marys and that kind of stuff. Sorry, Catholics. I, I, I have no beef with you. I just like, you know, like the, you don't have to do that. Now there are people that actively participate in that. They like doing that. That's something that they um, find a lot of confidence in and being able to be a part of that. Um, and that's totally fine. Absolutely. Uh, I have, I was like, I would look into your origins for doing that or maybe don't. Um, you might have your ground shaken a little too much on that. Um, the hard part is, is that the Catholic church was the initial church. They were the initial church trying to meet a collective unit of people still adapting. And this is something that honestly should be looked at with the Bible too, is how much of other culture are you adopting into your own? Right. Um, and the Catholic Church adopted a lot of other cultures into their own and or enough to reach a mass majority, um, which was awesome. But a lot of it's not biblically backed. So right. that's where – It's cultural practice. It's not uh, – I was going to say biblical, but that, that's not the right word. It's not uh, – it's not doctri- doctrinal. Right. Exactly. So, or, or dogmatic. Or dogmatic. Yeah. yeah. So, um, I think that there's a lot of, a lot of great stuff out there. I think that a lot of people, if you gave it a chance, would be thrilled, you know, to be a part of something where all we do is take care of other people. I mean, again, it goes against your human nature. It's tough. It's not easy. Um, but it's something that has given me lots of meaning and purpose in my life. So I feel like we've just, we're at an hour and 15 minutes. I've, I don't even think we've scratched the surface on this one. This is probably one you and I are going to have to circle back, circle back to listen to what we said, uh, have whoever's still listening to this podcast, five episodes in just eviscerate us, but give us some good. Yeah, send about... us send us an email and then uh, and tell us that we were being politicians and just answer right. on the subject. Because um, we, I mean, we didn't get into the whole thing of. We didn't talk about. Oh, know. it's it's hard to have this discussion. It's an easy discussion when you're talking just about a faith in something versus atheism. That's an easy debate because I believe you know I think for those of us who believe in Judaism or Christianity or Islam. Uh, or whatever it's you know it's one it's easy for us to say look we believe in a divine that's all like 
given rules for how the w world works. They weren't invented by us because if we if we just followed what the hell we wanted to do every week, you know, we could come up with all kinds of justifications for our foul behavior. And so, you know, but that's that's a, that's a debate between atheism and religion. And what we're trying to do is, it, what we were trying to do in this discussion is, then what separates us not from atheism, but even from the other faiths. And I don't know that we did a great job tonight. We we did our best, but I, I made it clear from the beginning. This is the one that I hate that that I figured was going to be the hardest because at the end of the day. You either believe or you don't. And I know if some of you are sitting at home, maybe listening to this, and you desperately like to believe and you just don't, I don't say that to make you feel bad. Um, it's just one of those things that, you know, um, I believe what I believe. I'm not going to be, nothing is going to make me waver from it. You know, we talked aliens, I think, like four episodes, three or four <laughs> episodes ago. If we found out there were, uh, strange green or orange men on another men and women on another planet it wouldn't have anything to do with my belief in jesus christ it wouldn't be like oh well then that totally discounts the gospel i'd be like all right well god's now revealed another world so maybe they have the you know maybe their jesus walk is different than ours i don't know but it wouldn't change what i think it's it is what i believe in There's for you for, for those of you who are atheists and i'm all about science and logic and all that that doesn't resonate with you uh good for you there's a c.s lewis <laughs> science fiction series on that by the way where uh there is he goes and corrupts another planet they were they were the chosen like they were living in the garden of eden and uh his character is from a broken world and he goes there and he breaks their world through that process it's an open debate. I've we already discussed this, like I said, a couple of weeks ago. But it, it, anyway, I so uh, this is probably one of those perfect episodes for people to send in corrections, comments, um, grammar mistakes, grammar mistakes, too many ums. Uh, I don't know, but feel free to do it anytime. Visit us on our website. Go to Spotify. Go to Apple iTunes podcasts. Rate, review us, leave comments, send us emails, do whatever. Keep them, please, civil. Uh, don't get nasty. We're going to ignore those. Those are just going to go into the bin. Oh, no, maybe we won't. You know what? If you send one of these in, you might just get called out for being a foul-mouthed, uh, angry ninny. For, and not living out the faith you claim to believe in just because we believe in something different. But otherwise, just keep it to yourself and go to hell. It is better to think of the church in the alehouse than to think of the alehouse in the church. Mm -hmm.